Hey, I'm just marinating that beat. Just got to marinate it, take it in once in a while. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, your host with the most. This is for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. This is episode 95. We are closing in on one honey. That is crazy, but thank you so much for all of your support. For those of you that are new to the show, we really kind of cover the big stories this week. Some shows we have guests interviews that are relevant to everything that is going on. We do have one coming up in a couple weeks with someone from an app called Photoshop that I think is going to be pretty cool and interesting, an important person in those ranks. So I will, uh, if you guys and gals have any questions, it is literally the director of product for Adobe Photoshop. If you have any questions, you know how to do it. You can actually get to us in two ways. The biggest way to be a part of the show, record a voice memo, send it along, your name, where you're from, what you want to talk about, your comments, your thoughts, your corrections, your good apples, your bad apples, it's whatever. We've got a lot of great calls this week. Send it along to applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z. And for those of you who have been supporting the show, thank you so much. This last order of business, you can support this. I'm completely independent at patreon.com slash Tong. Starts at $2 a month, goes up all the way to 100 different levels. But really, the biggest thing, we'll get into it later, is that you get a completely ad-free version of the show. So all this mumbo-jumbo I'm talking about right now, you don't have to listen to it at all because that's how you support it. And then also there are different rewards at different levels. So thank you so much, patreon.com slash Tong. All right, let's get in the show. Big week here, big week. Finally, after all of this time, Apple officially announced the 16-inch MacBook Pro. And I gotta tell you, from everything that I've seen, and heard from Apple, and read, and I've seen a couple first impressions, but I really do try and stay away from it, and then really look at the specs, and see what's there, they did release it to a few people to get their hands on it, but this 16-inch MacBook Pro is not just a bigger screen and a faster processor, they have fundamentally changed the 16-inch MacBook Pro, it now replaces the 15-inch MacBook Pro, so yes, you know, I mean, I guess we just gotta say rest in peace to the 15-inch because the only way you can get them now is if you have models that are still in the channel or refurbished models, which are still great, but it's all about the 16. The 16 has replaced it. So I figured we kind of talk about what makes the 16-inch special and stand out. I think, quite honestly, this is going to be a special machine specifically for pros. It's not going to be cheap, but I will say that they are starting the entry-level price of the MacBook Pro 16-inch at $23.99 for the entry level. And obviously, you can custom to build it later on. So let's talk about some of the great things here. Obviously, the biggest thing, 16-inch screen, 3072 by 1920, a higher pixel density of 226 pixels per inch compared to the 15-inch. Now, from a display standpoint, it still has the same specs as the current uh, 2019, I guess there was 2018-19 MacBook Pros with the 500-nit brightness. And then the P3 wide color gamut, so you get really those like true-to-life video still images on that display. It's just basically been stretched out a little. The size of the laptop itself is slightly bigger, and then those bezels are gone. Okay, not gone, just they've, they sh- they're smaller, they're thinner. And okay, that's nice. Honestly, that's a great thing. The biggest thing here is they turn back the hands of time. The new Magic Keyboard, I guess it's Magic, 
it's magic from 2014 because you have to remember Apple changed their keyboards to the butterfly switch keyboard. If you've listened to me and followed me through all of these years, I have constantly complained about it and said it was trash. And people are like, it's good enough. I'm like, trust me, it's not good enough. If you experience MacBook Pro keyboards and there is a strong, really diehard community that did not upgrade this entire time because of the give, the tra- what we call the travel on the keys where you push them down to really feel like a keyboard. Apple has brought back a one millimeter travel on the keyboard. So it really feels like you're not just tapping, barely moving these keys, you're tapping, you get that deep feedback, it's softer, it's more comfortable. It just, it's hard to, it sounds stupid to say it's satisfying, but it just feels more like a keyboard. The other big thing, they have decided to separate the physical escape key button from that touch bar. The touch bar that still offers little to no value for me, that's me. Some people don't like it when I say that, but I'm just telling you, it's, I still don't like it, but thank goodness they made the escape button a physical button separate from the touch bar. And then also you'll still have your Apple Pay uh, Touch ID sensor on the right side that is also separate from the touch bar. And then the bottom right-hand corner, the arrow keys have been changed back to the old school arrow keys. You don't have these two big fat left and right arrows that are all kind of small, tiny keys that are responsive and make sense. This is going to come into play for day-to-day use and people that are on their computers a lot, typing, editing videos, working those keys. It's going to make a difference, and it's funny to hear some of the people how happy and excited they are. And I really feel like only Apple could make people all of a sudden get excited for refusing and being stubborn about a keyboard for four, what, 15, 2015, 16, 17, 18, into 19, five years of people saying this is a garbage keyboard. I remember Apple did nothing about it, and then recently, maybe about a year ago, they did their butterfly keyboard replacement program, acknowledging that it was a faulty keyboard design. They tried to update it multiple times over generations, and then even at that, when they released new models that still had the butterfly keyboard design, they instantly went on the butterfly keyboard replacement list. So I've got to imagine, uh, first of all, the new Magic Keyboard will not be on any type of keyboard replacement list. We don't know necessarily how it'll stand up, but I've got to imagine it's it's going to be just fine. And I'm excited about it. So that's another thing that's like, hmm, things that make you go, hmm. Because at first, I thought it was just going to be a speed bump and a screen, but they're doing a lot of other things. The biggest other story of the MacBook Pro, specifically from, I think it was... Was it mid to late-ish? Uh, yeah, I guess late 2018 and 2019. It was the late 2018 model, actually. There was that big old scandal, that big old brouhaha about how it couldn't handle heat and was throttling the processor by extreme measures. Dave Lee from YouTube did a whole profile video. He put it in a freezer and was measuring its performance, and it was significantly dropping off because they hadn't optimized the firmware, their driver. So Apple then, because there's a huge... I would... I mean, it, it, they took a black eye on it because everyone jumped on it. So then Apple released firmware updates. It helped a little. I had that model. That model also had brutal blown out speaker issues, uh, but they fixed it for me, which I was thankful, and they were cool about it, and I was patient about it. But that design wasn't the best. So now they've completely revamped the thermal design that uses a completely new architecture it enables their system to run at higher power for sustained periods of time. You have a larger impeller with extended blades 
with bigger events, right? That's that's the fan that spins, 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 spins. It results in a 28% increase in airflow while the heat sink itself is 35% larger. These advancements, the airflow itself, the cooling capacity allows the new 16-inch MacBook Pro to sustain up to 12 more watts of power during intensive workloads than the previous design. So you've got that. Then you've got more powerful processors and faster memory. They're using ninth gen Intel processors with six core and eight cores, turbo boost speeds up to five gigahertz if you uh, choose the highest configuration, delivers up to 2.1 times faster performance than the previous quad core 15 MacBook Pro across multiple apps. We're talking about Logic Pro, huge audio app. Scientists, researchers, coders, they can all benefit from this. Xcode compiles up to 1.8 times faster. Photo Photographers can imp- apply complex edits to photographs 1.7 times faster in Photoshop. This is a beast. When you go from one generation to another and you're basically hitting almost twice as fast speeds, Not there were years where they would be, oh, here's a 40% speed improvement or 50%. No, that's not good enough. Twice. We're talking twice. This is a beast. And for me, it's like, okay, this is looking really attractive. They're using next-gen graphics, the new AMD Radeon Pro 5000M series. It is the first 7-nanometer mobile discrete graphics processor unit for Pro users. It has faster GDDR6 video memory, 8 gigs of video RAM as an option to customize. Again, the configuration will see 2.1 times faster graphics performance than the previous standard configuration if you had the highest-end MacBook Pro, I believe it was uh, Radeon 20. It was one of their early from a different processor family. You're getting an 80% faster graphics performance if you had the maxed out MacBook Pro from last year. So, sorry, my nose is a little stuffy. I swear I'm not going to sniff sniff no more. I'll try. (laughs) I'll try. Gamers will enjoy smoother gameplay up to 1.6 times faster. I mean, honestly... Not too many people are doing crazy gaming, but hey, Fortnite's out there. Video editors using DaVinci Resolve, 1.8 times faster when you're rendering effects with color grading. So again, a lot more power. And if we talk about power, the MacBook Pro, for the first time, features a 100-watt-hour battery. So this is the largest ever in a Mac notebook. It gives you an additional hour battery life, so basically up to around 11 hours for web browsing or watching video playback. That matters. The other big thing about this is um, MKBHD was the first to bring it up, so we got to give them credit. The battery itself, the limit, the actual regulations for TSA to bring on a battery that they'll still allow you to carry on a plane, 100 watts. And we've seen ones get there even up to like 99 watts. This is arguably, from what I know when I looked it up, the only laptop that pushes it all the way to that 100 watt hour battery limit. Very, very cool. You want more, you say? I'll give you more. This is the first MacBook Pro to uh, support 64 gigs of RAM. 32 was the max last time. And then this is the big, 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 big thing. First time in a notebook ever, the largest solid state drive ever, eight terabytes of storage. If you want to go large, if you want to go, but eight terabytes of solid state storage in the MacBook Pro 16 inch. That is amazing. Awesome. I can't afford that, but it's awesome. You also get a higher fidelity audio experience. There are new, they completely redesigned the six speakers in their new high fidelity sound system. So this is bringing 
advancements for musicians and podcasters and video editors. The big thing here, Apple has a patented, this is all new, force canceling woofers. So it uses basically two dual opposed speaker drivers to reduce the vibrations that distort sound from the laptop. So as a result, they're saying and claiming that music sounds a lot more clear and more natural than ever. The bass can go half an octave deeper. So I jokingly, you know, in the video when we did the recap of this, it was like, right now it might sound like this, but with the new speaker system, it might sound like this. It might sound, that might be more than half an octave deeper, probably. A new high-performance mic array, they say delivers 40% reduction in hiss and actually is claiming that it is better or rivals popular pro-grade digital microphones for super clean recordings, meaning I'm going to try, if I get one, I've got to sell my laptop, to try and record an entire podcast on the MacBook Pro, and I'm going to let you all decide. I won't even tell you when I do it. I'm going to be very, very curious. I'll do it in the next, let's say, month. I'm going to do it, and I'm curious to see if you all can easily pull it out because I have a pretty nice microphone right now. I'm using the uh, the Rode podcast mic, not the Sennheiser one. I dig it. It feels nice and full, so we will try that. We will try that. So the MacBook Pro starting at $23.99. If you wanted to max this bad boy out, if you wanted to put the most RAM, 64 gigs of RAM, you want to put the best video card, it's their their AMD 5500M with 8 gigs of VRAM. If you want to put 8 terabytes of storage in this bad boy, the total retail price, $6,099. If you want to add AppleCare to that, that's $379. I think after tax with my calculations, at least for California state tax, it came out to $7,099.41. Now you might think, that's a whole lot of money, and that is, but... If you compare that to last year's fully maxed out model, last year's completely maxed out model was roughly around $800 to $1,000 more expensive if you did that. So you're getting a whole lot more power, a bigger screen, a new keyboard, a new sound system and mic system. I think there's a whole lot of value for professional users. I'm going to see how much I can sell my laptop for and then get this new one because it's this is the type of machine that is really truly a next generation step and they again the 15 inches no more so it's important for pro users i also think that as this has happened right the macbook pro completely revamped but it has been doing it's doing a lot of things that the loyal community that apple has built over the years has been asking for so i felt like there was this weird stretch of time specifically probably around the past 3 or 4 years where you could tell Apple's kind of just doing whatever they wanted to do. They were cocky. They were arrogant. They were being, they weren't really pushing it that hard in all categories. The iPhone was their, you know, their savior. It's their golden child. It always will be for now. Things always change over time. But this is the first year where I feel like, dude, Apple might actually be realizing they were pissing a lot of its fans off. People like me, like they're diehards that are like, what are you guys doing? They have obvious they they have the obviously general audience that just loves their devices. That's fine. But look what they did recently. Obviously, the Apple Watch is a hit. Okay, so that evolved over the past four or five years, and I've continued to throw praises at it. The iPad Pro has been a great product. But specifically, the iPhone 11 Pro, which surprised me because the biggest thing they did is they gave us 
battery life. It was a little thicker. It was a little heavier than the previous generation and had a whole lot more battery. That's typically, over the past five years, that's not an Apple thing, right? Then all of a sudden, okay, uh, Mac Pro, which has been just atrocious over the past three three years or so, four years, five years, and then they're like, hey, we're going to redesign it. We're going to rebuild it. New MacBook Pro with all the expandability and customization and just a crazy workstation that is not even in my realm of price or what I do because it is a true pro machine, but it's something to aspire to be like, look, this is what is possible. We will we will finally be like, yeah, we're the boss. We're going to get this crazy desktop off the ground. I think it was something, is it 28 cores? Max up to 28 cores or 24? Off the top of my head, I can't remember. So you have that. And then the MacBook Pro, finally they're like, hey, we're going to go back in time because yeah, we screwed up. They listened to consumers. They made the escape key separate. Phil Schiller in an interview, multiple interviews said they heard that the number one request was to bring an escape key that was separate and they did it. They knew, they acknowledged that they had mixed reactions and some quality issues. You got to say it nicely if you're you know working at Apple with the new keyboard design. And they, this is without them saying the, the butterfly keyboard was a failure. This is them saying it without saying it and that's okay. It's great. I'm happy they finally stepped up to play five years later and did it. So the, again, more battery life too with the MacBook Pro. They are listening. They're, they are finally doing like a lot of times, sometimes I felt like they're not even doing the basic stuff that we need, that we want, they've been crying for. Now, does the MacBook Pro have a lot of holes in it? Absolutely. Look, it's still, still to this day, what, what what type of webcam do you think they put in it? A 720p FaceTime camera. I know that display is thin, but it's a 720p FaceTime camera. So uh, it's like, okay, fine. I'm just going to hold my phone. I literally use my phone instead when I FaceTime my nieces and nephews and family. It's just 720p. I'm sorry. First world problems. It looks janky. Even when uh, I've done Skype calls with other people for interviews and things like that, I used... What is it? I have a Logitech 1080p camera that I use because the 720p one is so bad. That's how bad it is. Also, you get, there are no, this is a pro machine. There are no, you know, SD card slots on it. There are no connections that you expect from a pro machine. I'm still, I get it. It's all USB-C. I think at the very least, and Phil Schiller also alluded to in the interviews that an SD card slot is not is absolutely not coming back anytime soon. It's just not even in their plans. <laughs> so if you were hoping that something like that might come around, I'm just gonna tell you, stop hoping. Like it 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 ain't gonna happen. It just ain't. The other uh, omission here, and I think it's important because it's under the hood. Some of you may care, some of you may not. It's honestly not going to stop anyone from buying this machine because at least if you're in the Apple ecosystem and you're a professional, this is a beast of a machine. This machine only has 802.11ac, not the new standard, which is 802.11ax, short for Wi-Fi 6. Now, the reason why that's important, well, I've talked about before, Wi-Fi 6 is kind of the next evolution of Wi-Fi. It offers a larger bandwidth, but it's not that it's extremely fast with the big plan for Wi-Fi 6 is that now that we have so many Wi-Fi devices in our home, when you get up to a certain amount of them, it slows down your network and how they respond, right? 
Well, with Wi-Fi, you have to have Wi-Fi 6 enabled devices. You have to have Wi-Fi, a Wi-Fi 6 router. It's going to be a lot faster and more efficient with handling all that traffic from those multiple devices. Wi-Fi 6 routers are out right now. They're pretty expensive. I think they're around $200, $250, if I re- remember right. But the 16-inch MacBook Pro, this is a machine that you're going to keep probably two, three, four years, a lot of people. It doesn't have 802.11ax, which is Wi-Fi 6, so it's it's not really future-proof. And you'd think that they, they could have done it, but, but they didn't. Also, a higher-power 96-watt charger is included in this box, so they actually recommend it for the 16-inch MacBook Pro. The 15-inch ones had an 87-watt charger. 96-watt charger is there. Also, you'll be able to buy it separately for $79. I talked about Apple Care Plus being $379. The other subtle thing that people have noticed, uh, Darian Fireball's John Gruber said, there's about a 0.5 millimeter more space between the keys and the touch bar. And for those of you that have a MacBook Pro with a touch bar, I can't tell you how many times I accidentally hit the touch bar when I'm hitting some of those keys up top. When I'm when I'm editing or changing the brightness, and you just accidentally hit them. It's it's annoying. I think even like going for numbers, sometimes you hit it. So that that's pretty much the wrap on the MacBook Pro. I think it's really really impressive. The other funny thing is that Phil Schiller can get ahead of his self, ahead of, ahead of himself and get a little excited sometimes. You know he says crazy stuff. He's notorious for it, but you know what? He owns it. He loves it. He's got to represent. I mean, he's the VP of marketing, right? So you got to expect him to say kind of some fun things. So in an interview, he talked about the 16-inch Mac Pro, but he also was asked about Chromebooks, the popularity of them, how Apple has lost huge ground to Google's Chromebooks in the education field. Remember, back in the day, Apple used to be the education machine. That's how I was exposed to it. That's how a lot of us, it was in every school. They had these great deals with the schools, but now it's changed because Chromebooks are honestly a whole lot cheaper. They're easier to get in and out of schools. Now, a lot of IT people in education tell me like they're a headache because they break down more. And yeah, they're like $150, $200. So there is some reason to be like, okay, fine. Chromebooks aren't the best, but in class, if they're looking up videos, word processing, writing projects, that's all you need. You don't need a $400, $500 iPad to do that. Or I think they're around $250. So correct me guys and gals. I'm not trying to like throw the iPad under the bus because I love it, but this is what Phil Schiller said, and this is a quote from him about Chromebooks and education. Buckle up. Kids who are really into learning and want to learn will have better success. It's not hard to understand why kids aren't engaged in a classroom without applying technology in a way that inspires them. You need to have these cutting-edge learning tools to help kids really achieve their best results. Yet Chromebooks don't do that. Chromebooks have gone to the classroom because, frankly, They're cheap testing tools for required testing. If all you want to do is test kids, well, maybe a cheaper notebook will do that, but they're not going to succeed. So the headline was, Phil Schiller says, kids with Chromebooks in classrooms are not going to succeed. Uh, He didn't exactly say that, but that does sound like the takeaway from it, and it is broadly what he is kind of saying. He had to make a clarification on Twitter because he was getting so much slack for it And he said on Twitter in response, every child has the ability to succeed. Helping them do that has always been our mission. In the full conversation, we discussed giving kids and teachers the content, curriculum, and tools they need to learn, explore, and grow, not just take a test. So fine. But this is the other thing. I remember Apple had this whole education keynote. I think it was in, uh, was it in Chicago? 
maybe about a year and a half ago, and they were touting iPads, and they were talking about like we have this new platform for curriculum for teachers, and I stopped, and I don't, I haven't seen it take off. What? It might be a more powerful tool, but teachers are dealing with so many things. You tell me that they, that many of them that are like keeping the classroom managed, grading papers, building tests, they don't have time to make a fancy dancy graphical, super engaging presentation every day for school. Trust me, if they had the time and resources, they probably would. But how long does it take for someone here to make a PowerPoint presentation at work? It's not like, that takes like an hour at night that you barely have. Just throw it in there and be like, this is going to be really engaging. It's not. And so it's a nice dream. And there are these specific private test schools that are, you know, have the funding and have the time and all the attention, but that's not every school. And that is not absolutely not the public school system. And I can only say this because my mom was a teacher. My sister's a teacher. My dad is a teacher. My sister's now a principal my mom and dad are no longer teachers because, you know, they have been teachers all their lives. They're enjoying their life. But I, of all people, know firsthand what it is like to see how much work a teacher takes back home. They don't have time to make a fancy, engaging presentation. So it's kind of like this idealistic pipe dream that Apple kind of sells as everyone can do it. No, it just, it's not, it's not like that. Sorry. Sorry for the reality check. Also, In the addition of the MacBook Pro announcements, Apple officially announced that the new Mac Pro will be available in December. They've never actually given out an outright date for it yet. They just say December. The funny thing is that if you go to their website, it says coming this fall. So I had to do a checkup. And what is the last day of fall? Anyone out there, do you know? The last day of fall officially in 2019 is December 21st, (laughs) right before Christmas, or sorry, 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 let's be PC about y'all, the holidays, don't even say holy days, the holidays, so we know the Mac Pro workstation class Xeon processors, here we go, I was right in my notes, 28 cores, massive 1.5 terabyte capacity for memory, eight expansion slots, PCIe, This is a beast. Also, we know that display, their XDR display. The Mac Pro will start at $5,999. That Pro Display XDR will start at $4,999. But remember, to get the stand, it's an additional $999. And people went ape on it. But in earlier episodes, I've rationalized how when IMAX had that movable neck, if you had to repair just that floating hinge neck that was amazing, the fee on it was somewhere around $750 to $800 just for that part. The cool sunflower kind of Pixar looking lamp iMac, which I love. That that neck costs $750-ish to replace. So in a way, no one will know or care, but it does make sense that it's $999. Also, big news this week, a new report from Bloomberg says that Apple is considering to bundle Apple Music, TV Plus, and News Plus as early as 2020. Now, We know that they are testing a student version. People that are students that subscribe to Apple Music are getting a free, they didn't say how long though, but they're getting a free subscription to Apple TV+. So Apple is considering this. 
This is what's also interesting. Apple had included a specific provision in its contract with Apple News Plus. Remember, Apple News Plus is $9.99. They work with outlets to get access to their content, put it on the news app. I love the news app, but I do not subscribe to News Plus. So this provision in the contract with publishers allows Apple to actually bundle the News Plus service with other services if it desires. Very interesting. It could happen. It could happen. A bundle deal could absolutely happen. Apple Music's $9.99. Apple News Plus is $9.99. Apple TV Plus is $4.99. But I would say a majority of people who are using Apple TV Plus have it for free because they bought some sort of device in the past, what, since September 10th? I think a majority of those users are. And the other news to follow up with Apple TV Plus is, remember, Disney Plus just launched this week. I'm a big Disney Plus fan. I have been. Mandalorian is freaking amazing. That's all I'm going to say about it. But Disney Plus reported that they had 10 million subscribers to the service in the first day. 10 freaking million. No wonder their servers were hammered. That is amazing, incredible. And quite honestly, when I look at the library, the category, the library of uh, content they have, it's extensive. It's nostalgia. There's a ton of movies from Disney I never went to see in the theaters like Dumbo that I want to see that I'm like, oh, awesome. I can see it right on the service. I don't have to pay. F- I don't have to pay for the ticket. But the big move when Disney Plus is, it has all these great, this great stuff already, but people are like, ah, eh, it's not that great. I'll tell you right now, the best time, if you want to save some money and you're okay with missing out on Mandalorian, the best time to sign up for Disney Plus is in late 2020, especially if you're a Marvel Star Wars fan. And the reason why is because that is when new exclusive series are coming to Disney Plus. The Falcon and Winter Soldier series starts late 2020. Then there's going to be three new Marvel series, the Hawkeye, Loki, and WandaVision series. They're all coming out in 2021. So late 2020 to 2021 is the best time where the floodgates will open with content. Also, a lot of Disney Plus's contracts with Netflix, they can't put some of their movies, their new movies on their service yet, and a lot of them expire sometime in like mid to late 2020. So I'm just, I'm just helping you out. But the service is amazing. It's awesome. So we'll see what happens with this whole bundle, but I think it's inevitable that something like that is going to happen. And also it's because reports have come out that Apple News Plus is kind of struggling to get new subscribers. Um, They signed up approximately 200,000 subscribers within the first 48 hours, but according to reports, they haven't really had any luck attracting new, more additional new customers, and the subscriber count hasn't increased from its first couple of days. So... I don't know, maybe some of you, I know Gil, our buddy, uses Apple News Plus. I don't know if he still does. I haven't asked them, but maybe you out there are using Apple News Plus. Let let me know what you think about it. Remember, voice memo it, or you could send me an email. Some people send me emails that I do read. Just send it out to applebitsshow, with a Z, at gmail.com. All right, we're going to take a little breather to thank the sponsors of the show, and guess who that's going to be? It's you! Thank you so much to everyone who has supported this show at patreon.com slash Tong, starting at $2 a month, $5 if the content that I've given you over the years and time is worth $5 a month, $10, $25, $100. We have cool rewards at different levels. I'll be sending out the next batch of rewards by the end of this month, so hopefully you get them before the end of the year. You know, we have sticker decal stickers, signed photos, access to content, early access to stuff that you won't get anywhere else. So, it's just a fun way, and I'm so thankful for the support. So patreon.com slash Tong is the way to do it. Completely ad-free version of the show. It supports not only this podcast, but allows me 
to support me and help me continue to do the YouTube channel because I'm still 100% Indian, just still really realistically building up. So I appreciate all your support. All right, onward. We keep on going through the show. Let's talk about a new firmware update for the AirPods Pro. We don't know exactly what it is, but Apple's released a new firmware update. It's labeled as 2B588. Most likely, better connectivity gets irons out some bugs. So the way to do it itself is you have to launch the settings app on your iPhone, tap general, tap about, and then with your AirPods Pros connected, tap it and the firmware will be listed. And basically when you connect them, the next time you connect them, it will update them for you. So there's no way to like force the firmware update. You just got to kind of be patient and it'll just update over the course of regular use. Don't freak out, but it's just something to know. All right. Also something to know, Ming-Chi Kuo back at it again claims and is kind of trying to get a little more specific, but throughout it, a report that says the iPad Pro with rear 3D sensing with that augmented reality additional sensor and the rumored iPhone SE2 are on track to launch in the first half of 2020. Reports have continued to say this, so this is just kind of a reiteration, but the big thing, not big thing, but a lot of people don't think it's actually going to be called the iPhone SE2 but it's being referred to that because that's going to be kind of like the super budget phone. We'll see how that all plays out. It's likely to start around 399 with 64 gigs of storage. Corniquo comes in space gray, silver red. Kind of have the design of the iPhone 8. Play, you know, kind of pull those, those parts from the supply chain from our good buddy, uh, Tim Cook. Also some Apple Watch news and rumors. Quo also reports that the Series 6 will feature a faster performance and improved water resistance. This is kind of a no-brainer, but fine, mention it, because the Series 4 and the Series 5 watch use the exact same processor. It's just that they've tweaked it so that the Series 5 is compatible with the Compass and then the always-on display. But it is literally the same exact processor other than those tweaks. Also, they're expecting better waterproofing where potentially you could use it in more things like high-velocity water activities or scuba diving or water skiing. Other rumors for improvements for the Apple Watch Series 6, it may feature sleep tracking finally, which is really more of a software thing. They have all the all the pieces of the puzzle for that. And then maybe micro-LED displays, maybe. That would be a beefy update, and I would, I'm still on a 4. I did not upgrade to the 5. The always-on display didn't make that big of a difference for me. The compass surely didn't either. So we will see. Rumors for the Apple Watch Series 6 that are out there. Also, a patent that was revealed from patently Apple, spotted by them, suggests that Apple is working on a touch-sensing device, force-sensing device, temperature-sensing device, and or a fingerprint sensor specifically to be integrated in the screen of the Apple Watch. I could see it. You know, we got we got the fingerprint scanners on a bunch of Android phones. Put it on the Apple Watch, makes it a whole lot easier to unlock. Whole lot easier to unlock. It would actually be cool if the sensor could detect, like, I know there's not a unique pattern on your wrist, but what if you didn't even need to press your finger on it? Like, what if it just saw your wrist and just knew it? It just knew it was you. That'd be pretty sweet. And then another really cool follow-up, kind of last story before we get into the calls. Stanford Medicine published the results of the Apple Heart Study. So if you remember... There's a big deal where Apple was partnering with Stanford to kind of put together a study as far back as 2017 to really see whether or not the Apple Watch is able to detect 
atrial fibrillation. Now, which is interesting about this report and this study is that this happened before the ECG monitor in the Apple Watch, which reportedly was able to be even more specific. So this was just purely based on the current sensors in the Apple Watch, not the more specific ECG sensor in the Series 4 and Series 5. A total of 419,297 people in the U.S. participated in this heart study with Stanford Medicine, and 0.52% of them, which would be 2,161 people, received an irregular heart rhythm notification over 117 days of monitoring. So that's a big stretch. What that is, uh, four months, four months of time. So because there was no ECG sensor in the watches at that time, of these people that received a notification, that 0.52% of 419,000 plus people, if you got a notification, they were sent ECG patches to further monitor for heart problems. Now, a lot of them weren't returned. Maybe they showed up as negatives. But of the 450 people that returned their patches with data that could be analyzed, atrial fibrillation was present in 34% of them overall, and 35% of the participants were age 65 or older. So those who had an irregular reading and returned a patch, 84% of those notifications were determined to actually be atrial fibrillation, which is before they had the actual ECG monitor. So the actual just heart rate sensor and software and how it reads it was pretty darn accurate. Now, this is what they pulled took away from it. According to the researchers, the low number of warnings, right, 0.52%, which was 2,161 people, indicated to them that the device does not cause an excess of false notifications in healthy people who wear the watch, which means it's very accurate. Sometimes they say the fibrillation detected by the Apple Watch was in the early stages of development and it didn't happen frequently enough for the patch once they got the patch to detect it. But it was really interesting that it was, according to Stanford Medicine, overall, the study was a success in determining how many people are going to get related notifications and really that it wasn't out of hand. What I thought was funny is that an outside doctor kind of piled onto this story and was saying, well, it still could be po- could get some false positives, which is true, but it's not their concern. Remember when we first talked about this was, oh, will there be so many false positives that a lot more people are going to hospitals than they should be with the ECG? That hasn't been the case yet. Not yet, at least. All right, it is that time. It's time for our phone call section. Yes! This is all about y'all. Yes! I know. Yes! This is yes! the reason why we're getting here is because I'm so happy you all continue to participate, but also, I don't want to spoil it, but we have quite a diverse group of people who called in today, actually over the past two weeks because we had interviews and you know updates of stuff, but... I'm super happy. So let's just get to the calls. Remember, applebitsshow at gmail.com with a Z. Record your voice memo, send it in. If you don't want to do a call and you have maybe something compelling and worthwhile for me to share with everyone, I will take emails as well. But always, I love the calls because you hear enough of me talking already, all right? Let's get to our first call from the lovely Ebony who wanted to just chime in for Apple Bits Nation. What's up, B? This is Ebony from Michigan, Um, just calling in because you said you wanted to hear from your female listeners. So, hey, uh, (laughs) point one, I've watched Apple TV Plus. I haven't jumped into all the shows. I turned on Dickinson because I thought I was the demographic for it, but clearly I am not. 
I'm going to say it quickly. I like a nice period piece. I like it to be exactly that. And it is too edgy. It is entirely too funky and mixed up with today. I, I'd give it three bad bananas. It, <laughs> boo. I don't know if I can watch a second episode. I'm going to try for you. Point two, the new uh, AirPods. All right. I still have AirPods old because I jumped on that wagon because I always would buy the the wired headphones and they fit wonderfully in my ear. They didn't fall out. Don't give me any pains or any issues. I'm concerned. One about that price point. Two sixty nine is a bit much, especially a bit much for those little rubber tips. Those that come in like three sizes. Those are always the types of headphones that hurt my ears. So I don't know. I'm a little reluctant to jump on that and try it. All right. Um, and point three, I know this is old and out of date, but no, I didn't hop on that Apple Watch thing. It just doesn't suit my lifestyle. It's funny. The AirPods suit my lifestyle and changed my life far more than the watch. Um, and then I think that's it. Yeah. So take it easy. Keep doing what you do. And I appreciate your content. Thank you so much, Ebony. You know what? I appreciate you. And you are the first person here to not only embrace the Apple TV bad apple slash bad banana rating. Like, I think we only gave it a banana rating, but you used three bad bananas. Who's bad? So I gotta I gotta throw that in there. That's 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 just bad. Thanks so much for calling Ebony. And you know what? She got all the time that she wants. She is she deserves it. So thanks for calling. All right, let's get to our next one. Josh has his own thoughts as well. Brian, this is Josh from Ambler, Pennsylvania. I just wanted to talk about um, AirPods, PowerBeats Pro, the headphones that Apple's releasing. I have the current AirPods, um, and I like them for phone calls. The audio quality really isn't all that great. Um, uh, I have the Sennheiser Momentum True Wireless that I use for exercising, and those are... I think they're on sale for 250 bucks right now. The sound quality on those is amazing. I actually had the Powerbeats Pro. I sold them because the Sennheisers sound so much better. As far as wireless over-the-ear headphones, I have the Sennheiser Momentum 3s that are three or 400 bucks. Um, the bottom line is they sound amazing, and there is no way that these Beats Solo Pro, whatever the new ones that were released, will sound anything close to that for... 300 bucks. So, I mean, I agree with you that you're getting these things for the convenience of how they connect to Apple products just a little faster and a little easier, but the sound quality isn't quite all there. Um, that's really all I got to say today. Love the show. Peace. That's all I got to say. Thanks for thanks for calling in, Josh. You know what? It, it reminded me, I forgot to get back to Ebony because she's like, uh, the Apple Watch isn't really my thing. Ebony, I'm going to tell you right now. You pair the Apple Watch when you're taking a walk or if you are going to work out and you put the AirPods in your ear and you don't have a phone in your pocket, that's that. That's what I'm talking about. That's like mind-blown stuff right there. It is such a first-world luxury, but it is dope. All right, coming up, Will also has his own thoughts for the Apple TV Plus stuff. Hey, Brian. This is uh, Will from Las Vegas. I uh, just want to do uh, send you a message and kind of give you my take on some of the new Apple TV shows that have come out. I've uh, currently watched the first two episodes of 
uh, Dickinson. I've watched the first episode of C and I watched the first episode of The Morning Show. Those are the top three I wanted to watch. I'm going to be watching the uh, uh, For All Mankind here coming up soon. But I wanted to let you know kind of what my thoughts are so far while it's still fresh in my head. Uh, so ranking in no order. Actually, I'm going to rank it in order. So the, in third place out of those three, I rate C. Actually, um, the reason why – I mean it's got a lot of action. It's pretty cool. Um, it's very interesting to see like the perspective of someone who's blind and how that would alter combat, right? Uh, but I think that's one of its downfalls because the combat was a little less climactic because you realize when you can't see – stuff's really not that exciting anymore. <laughs> so I, I was left a little, I mean, it was, it was very um, cool to see, no pun intended, but um, yeah, yeah, it, it was a little, I, I'm, I'm used to bigger explosions. Anyways, uh, the next one is the morning show. Uh, I really like the morning show. Um, it's your standard uh, today show and it's what it is right now. Um, however, Great messages all the way through and through. They're looking like they're getting both perspectives. I would worry. I was worried with Apple trying to push a narrative, trying to push a you know, uh, push out the conservative viewers. Um, but it looks like they're taking both sides. Actually, they're telling, they're talking a story from a man's and a woman's perspective in this uh, situation. And the star power. I mean, so the whole episode, Mitch and Alex are the main characters. They're not even in the same scene together because why would they in that circumstance? But at the very end, they get together and there's a, there's a scene and you can just tell, you can just see the money in that room <laughs> going to work. And it was awesome. Uh, I think it's, it's a standard when Apple does something, they usually always do it better. And I think that's going to be represented in a lot of their Apple original series. Last but not least, my favorite, uh, Dickinson. What a cool show. I mean, I wish it was hour-long specials. Currently, I think they're only 37 minutes was the first one. But, wow. I mean, just, you know, it definitely is not for the conservative of heart, which I kind of am. But to go into it with an open mind, it is, I mean, what a what an I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm texting my whole family saying that this is definitely a show you need to watch. So I highly suggest watching Dickinson. I think it's, I think it's the best show so far. So, anyways... Wanted to kind of give you my report. I know you've been wanting people to send messages, so here it is. And uh, I have to say it, but you're wrong, Tong. Okay, how was I wrong? I said C was the worst show. I said Morning Show was good, and I said Dickinson was the most compelling. Now, this is what I love about it, right? Content, everyone thinks and views and processes it and likes it and loves it or hates it differently. Ebony was like, nah, Dickinson, I ain't down with that. Will's like, Dickinson was dope. Will is down with a D. Okay, sorry, I had to do that. I'm immature. Okay, let's talk to Tyler. Hey, Brian, this is Tyler from Cocoa Beach, Florida. Just wanted to call in and let you and the viewers know, in case you hadn't heard, that uh, Apple Plus TV content is actually available for free for people who have a student account login for their Apple Music subscription. So, uh, you know, just keep it fresh. Keep it breezy as always. Um, Peace. Fresh and breezy. I actually forgot I mentioned that in the show. But you know what? I got to show Tyler some love. Like, he called in the show. So I'm going to show him love. All right, let's talk to Chad. Hey, Brian. This is Chad from Winter Garden, Florida. Got a question for you about Disney Plus. Because I know that you're as stoked about it as I am. My question is... I have an Apple TV third generation, slightly old, doesn't have an app store. So am I going to be able to get Disney Plus on this thing? 
or am I going to have to shell out money to get a new Apple TV just so then I can pay for Disney Plus? Man, I, I, I'm lost. I don't know what to do. Help me out, man. Help me out here. Thanks for all the hard work that you do, and I love the podcast. Later. All right, my man Chad. Look, you came to the right show. Ask, and you shall receive. This is the way to get around it. Um, at least I hope so. <laughs> Ask, and you shall receive. Hey, Brian, it didn't work. You know what? The best way to go about this without buying any new hardware right now is to use AirPlay from your phone or an iPad. I'm assuming you're in the ecosystem because you have an older school Apple TV. So you could actually AirPlay the video to your TV. Now, the other thing, though, that I'm not sure about is that Apple's shows are all, at least at the highest fidelity, 4K, Dolby Atmos, Dolby Vision. So the main advantage of at least buying a set-top box that might support that is that you'll get those. But again, you're not trying to spend more money here. So I would say go the route of playing it on a mobile device and then airplane it to your current third-gen Apple TV and see if that works. But if it doesn't, then you're gonna have to buy something. So I kind of I kind of gave you a solution with some troubleshooting, okay? <laughs> All right, we got three more calls. I'm leaning into the calls big because they've been building up but also, I got to show love to you all for you know supporting and being a part of the show. And for those of you whose calls don't always make it, it's nothing personal. Trust me. Sometimes they're long. Sometimes they don't get to a point. Sometimes I covered in the show. Um, so no offense, nothing but love. Okay, here we go. Here is uh, Trevor wants to talk a little iOS. Hey Brian, this is uh, Trevor from Fairless Hills, Pennsylvania. I have a question about iPad OS. I see that the new 13.2.2 update came out, but I was wondering for your iPad, does the iPad OS work with that new update? Because I've been hearing some things about it being buggy. Let me know what you think, and uh, I love the show. Talk to you later. Peace. Thanks for calling in. The big thing with iOS 13.2.2, which is like the fifth or fourth update in, you know, who knows how how recent. Uh, the, there was an issue where apps in the background were basically quitting or you had to refresh them and reload all the content on them. So 13.2.2 should make your iPad uh, run more efficiently and not have to deal with reloading data and, again, basically quitting some apps and having you force reload them again. So that's the biggest thing that that addresses with the iPad. I've run it. I've used it. I haven't had any problems with it. So again, there's always bugs and different things happen with different people. But up to this point, it's worthy of getting that update. So I would say check it out. And if it breaks, I did not tell you to do that. Okay. (laughs) We got a call from Sherry. Hey, Brian, just calling about the new Apple TV underwater screensavers that you had mentioned a couple podcasts ago. Uh, Just letting your followers know that... They have to choose general, screensaver, and of all things, aerial. That's where they're at. Um, took me a beat to find them. I wouldn't have even known to look for them if you wouldn't have mentioned it. So I appreciate you bringing it up on the podcast. And like you said on the podcast, they have to change it um, to download new video daily. Anyway, thanks for the heads up. Love the new screensavers. Thanks. Bye. Sherry. Okay, Sherry, thanks for calling in. Two ladies represented for the ladies in the Apple Bits Nation. But Sherry's voice was like 
really calming. I feel like she could do some of those like meditation, um, maybe ASMR videos. <laughs> I don't know. It was great. Thanks so much for calling, Sherry. Really appreciate it. All right, last call. Real deep insights from Seth. Hey, Brian, this is Seth from Dallas, Texas. You know, I was just listening to your show today about the Apple AR glasses, and the name has been in front of us the entire time. They should call it the eyeglass. (laughs) Hey, uh, should should I give him props for that? I guess I will. Okay, you know why we haven't said eyeglasses? Because they've been saying it for years, and it's like, okay, Apple doesn't really do the eye thing, and now they do the Apple glass. But actually... I just like how you really, really leaned into it. You're like, hey, they should call it eyeglass. Get it? Like, like get it, guys? Eyeglass. <laughs> oh, you all are awesome. All right, thank you so much for calling in and being a part of the show, everybody. Remember, voice memo, don't hesitate. Hey, if you screw up, Call again. We've had some people literally call multiple times and I, and if it's good enough, I really, because you put in so much effort, I try and use that last call. Sometimes it helps to just put down a few bullet points and then you can just talk and riff because trust me, I'm not saying all the stuff that I'm telling you with just my brain and a blank wall. There's things I'm at looking at to assist and you can do the same thing. So again, Apple Bits Show with a Z at gmail.com. Call in with your voice memo or send in an email. We got to say thanks so much love to our Patreon supporters at the Platinum $100 level. Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frader, Jarrett Lewis, Calvin Fatakar. thank you so much for your support. And again, I know I don't want to try and sound like a broken record, but this really does help. If you can't support financially, if you can, I'd love it. It totally helps out this show. But if you can, me, and if you can't, write a review and put a five stars on it. We are almost at 1000 five-star reviews. I'm going to tell you right now, there is no other Apple-dedicated podcast that has 1,000 five-star reviews. So we would be the first, baby, Apple Bits Nation represent, whether it's on iTunes or the podcast app from Apple or your other platforms. I mean, we everywhere. So thank you so much. And uh, I am working on ramping up some really new cool stuff for 2020. You know, it just takes time because we're hustling out here. So thank you so much, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this show. Lots of stuff. MacBook Pro. I don't know if we're going to see any more announcements. Like I, In a weird way, I kind of like these under-the-radar announcements from Apple that are actually really big. This MacBook Pro 16-inch is a big deal for the Kratos. It makes me really happy. It will completely optimize and help my workflow and just, just make a big difference. So it's going to be cool. Really cool. All right, everybody, you know what? Um, Holidays are coming up. We'll have some cool stuff coming around then, but just want to say thanks again for listening. Be safe, take care, all the blessings to you all. And that's going to do it for this week. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. Peace.